Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan, and this is January the 2nd, and we're looking today at Genesis chapter 3. We saw that God made everything, and God made everything good. It was perfect. It was just like God meant for it to be. And God placed man in a responsibility to tend the earth, to take care of the earth, to have dominion over it. Not the other way around, but man is the head of God's creation, and he put him in charge to be tending and caring for and making sure everything is in order, working the earth. And so the Bible says that everything was going along well until chapter 3. And in chapter 3, something happened. Eve was tempted to do evil. She was solicited to do evil. And she was deceived by the words of the serpent whom Satan himself had entered into. Now, the scripture says that the serpent was more subtle. He was shrewd. He was beautiful. And he deceived Eve with words that began to plant doubts in her mind about the goodness of God, about God's intentions, and began to question what God had said. Did God really mean what he said? Now, that's instructive in itself, because you see, when we are tempted to question the goodness of God, the motives of God, we can't even judge one another's motives. The Bible says we can't even judge our own motives properly at times. The prophet Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitfully wicked who can know it. The prophet said, The heart is deceitful and wicked, deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Sometimes we don't even know our own motives. We think it's something, and then we find out it's really not when it comes to light. And so who are we to judge the motives of God? But yet we're so easily led astray. And this is what happened to Eve. Now, God had put a prohibition. He said, Adam, Eve, you can have everything. Everything that I've given is in your hand. But I am going to withhold something from you. And this is what it is. You do not need to eat of this particular fruit because if you do, then you are going to have your eyes open. And in relationship to wickedness, simplicity and blindness is better. That is, it would have been better for man never to have known sin whatsoever. Because sin, that is, that rebellion against God, that sense of we know better than God, that God is not being good to us, that God doesn't know best, that somehow we The creature, the created beings are greater than God, more knowledgeable than God, than knows better than God. 
This is what Eve did. She was deceived. She really thought she was doing the right thing. This is what the New Testament bears out. The Apostle Paul told his young protege, Timothy. He said, Eve was deceived. She really thought she was doing the right thing, but she wasn't. She was deceived. You see, just because we think we're doing the right thing, we might even, quote, have peace about it. But there is a false peace also that the enemy can give us. So we have to be careful about, quote, having peace, end quote, because the peace that God gives is a peace that passes all human comprehension. But many times people have said, well, God has given me peace about something, and they're doing something directly forbidden in the Scripture or doing something that is in direct contradiction to the teachings of the Word of God, either in precept, principle, or pattern. And so when we do these kinds of things, then we are giving in to the satanic temptation that God doesn't know best. This is what Eve did. And the scripture says that after she had messed up, after she had sinned, after she had fallen, she took this to her head, to Adam, to her husband, and said, will you eat this? And he did. Now, when Adam did that, the Bible says that man fell, and when man fell, sin entered into the world and death by sin. That's what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. By one man, sin entered into the world. Not one woman, but by one man's choice. Why? Because he was the head of the human race. He was first in creation order. He was not deceived. Eve was deceived. Remember, she thought she was doing the right thing. This is why the book of Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. We can think we're doing the right thing and not be. The only infallible source we have of truth is the word of God. Now, someone may say, oh, but I'm going to do what Jesus says. Well, Jesus is the one that inspired the word of God. He is the living word, the Bible, the scriptures are are the written word, and they will never contradict each other. And so whatever Jesus would do would be exactly what the Scripture says to do because they are not in contradiction to one another. And so Adam sinned with his eyes wide open. This is why man fell. And this is why the human race failed. This is why the creation is a fallen and cursed creation now. And the Bible bears this out in the book of Romans. It says in chapter 8, the entire entire creation is groaning, moaning, waiting for the redemption of the sons of God, all of us, because when the earth is redeemed, when man is redeemed, when man is glorified, when he is in that glorified state, God then will make a new heaven and a new earth. That is the beginning of everything new, and the entire world is cursed. The ground is cursed. Everything, every creature is cursed. And it's because of one man's sin, Adam. Why is that so important? Because the greater the exposure to light, the greater the punishment for going against the light. You see, many times we observe this in our own world. This is why the fall is so great. 
And this is, again, observed in the scriptures. But think about it, how patient we are with a child who says something out of line or does something out of line. We say, well, they're just children. But if the same faux pas, the same thing is said, the same action is done by a 50-year-old that's done by a teenager or a child, then there is no excuse for that. Why? Because you ought to know better. You've lived life longer. You've been exposed to more light. And this is why Jesus told the parable of the one who knew to do good but did not do it. They will be beaten with more stripes than the one who did evil but did not know it was evil. Yes, there's consequences to that. Yes, there's punishment for that, even if it's done in ignorance. But if you know what you're doing and you deliberately choose to do that, remember in the Bible there is no sacrifice for willful, deliberate sin. All of the sacrifices were related to sins really of unintentional nature. But when a person knows what to do and they deliberately sin, well, you say, well, how are you forgiven? You have to cast yourself on the mercy of Almighty God because this is what God taught all the way through the Old Testament. How are we saved today? There's no justification for us being saved. The only qualification for a man being born again, the only qualification for a man being saved, the only qualification for uh, regeneration is that we are disqualified. We're not qualified. And God in his grace and his mercy gives us what we don't deserve, withholds from us what we do deserve. And so Adam's sin is a big deal. And Genesis chapter three is a big deal. That's why it's one of the 365 key chapters in the Bible. God cursed the ground. God cursed the universe. God cursed everything because man was in charge of that. Man was in charge of everything that God made. And what Adam did is he threw it all away because he loved himself and loved Eve more than he loved his own maker and creator. And God said on that day, he said, I am going to tell you about a plan that I have. In verse 15, God said, I will, this is to Satan, I will put enmity, that is, these two, whatever he's talking about, are going to be at war. Enmity, that's a warlike term. That's a term of enemy and friendship between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And he, that is, this seed, whoever he is, is going to bruise your head. He's going to crush your head and you will crush his heel. You will bruise his heel. Now, this is called by theologians the proto-evangelion. Proto means first or beginning, before sometimes. And then the word euangelion is the word evangelon, evangel. It is the word evangelon. The U is changed to a V in English. This is the first Euangelion, the first gospel, the good news. That's what euangelion means. It means the good news. And so this is the first good news. It's the first gospel. It's the first mention that there's going to be a redeemer. In all of scripture, this is the first mention of a redeemer. Yes, it is shadowy. Yes, it is mysterious. Yes, it is only in shadow and not substance. But the promise is here. Satan is going to be defeated. Will he hurt the one who defeats him? Yes, but he will not conquer him. Satan is defeated. He was defeated. He is defeated. He will be defeated. 
And this is why the scripture says that when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished, the debt is paid. Now, that doesn't mean that all of time is over. That doesn't mean that God is finished with his plan. No, he means that the sin debt is paid. And that is what separates Jesus from all other deaths. He died as a substitutionary atonement. Why? Because he was worthy to do that. He had never sinned. He always thought what he should have thought just when he should have thought it. He always said what he should have said just when he should have said it. He always did what he should have done just when he should have done it. He never thought anything he shouldn't have thought. He never said anything he shouldn't have said. He never did anything he shouldn't have done. He is, was, and will be absolutely perfect. So he would have never had to die. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Jesus never did sin. He was created as Adam. God was his father. Now, Jesus was the monogenes, the one-of-a-kind son, in the sense that he was the only gene. He was the only person, the only DNA who ever lived, who had God as his father and an earthly mother. You see, Adam had no mother, but Jesus did, an earthly mother. He became a man, yet without sin. He did not have a sin nature. In other words, there was not a built-in sin nature, a propensity to sin, an inclination to sin. He was in a world and an environment that had sin, but he was without sin. Why? Because he lived in perfect obedience and did what Adam did not do. He is the second Adam. All you have to do is read the New Testament, and you'll see that concept over and over again. What I'm telling you is the third chapter of Genesis is a key chapter because it tells us how we got into the mess that we're in. Now, in Adam, all die. That's what the book of Romans says. How do we get in Adam? We're born a man or a woman. We're born into the human race. That means we're in Adam. So everyone who is born of the seed of Adam, which is all of us, we are born with a propensity an inclination to sin. In other words, no one has to teach us to sin. We do it naturally. That's called the sin nature, the Adamic nature. Sometimes it's referred to as flesh. You have to be careful with the word flesh because flesh is not always used in a bad term. Sometimes talking about the physical body and the physical body is not bad. It's cursed. Yes. Just like our minds are warped. Yes. But the body is not bad. That's a Greek thought that is contrary to the teaching of the Word of God. God made us in three parts, and all three parts have to be redeemed. And so when we come to the Scriptures, just understand that Genesis 3 is a key chapter. Why? Because it tells us how we got in the mess that we're in. But listen, we cannot blame all of that on Adam. Why? Because as soon as you and I get to the point to where we can sin, we will sin. You don't have the power not to sin. And all you have to do to understand you need a Savior is to try to live right. Just make up your mind, I'm never going to sin again. You'll sin in just a few minutes. If you don't do something outright, your pride will say, you see there, pride sin. Over and over again, all you have to do is understand how we need the grace and mercy of God is to just try to keep the law. And not just the law in particular, the Ten Commandments, but the law of God and to live up to His character. The wages of sin is death. Who's the sinner? We all have. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. It's one of those pos, pan words in the New Testament. All have missed the mark. And then he gives us in Romans 3.23, what is the mark? The mark is God himself. All have sinned, that is. 
Now, that and, that conjunction there, can be interpreted in several ways. A coordinating conjunction, a subordinating conjunction. Sometimes it's a paraphrastic in its use. In other words, the second part explains the first part. That could be the usage here. All have sinned, all have harmartia, all have missed the mark, fallen short. What? What do you mean? What is the mark? The glory of God. You mean it's not the preacher? You mean it's not mom and dad? You mean it's not the deacon, the Sunday school teacher, somebody I put on the pedestal? Absolutely not. Because you may live better than them, but let me tell you who you will never live up to, and that is God himself. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have missed the mark. What is the mark? The glory of God himself. So Adam messed up, but not only did Adam mess up, we messed up, but the moment God saw that happening, God had already had a plan before the world ever began. Now, you try to figure that out, and you will blow your mind. But the reality is, the Bible says God had this planned before the foundation of the earth. And the moment that Adam sinned, God said, I am going to send one who will one day deliver you. That's chapter 3. We're on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.